clap. <laughs> wow, that was a crisp one. It was so good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm tired, as you know, because I fell asleep the last time we were supposed to record. <laughs> that was so funny. So I had messaged. So we were supposed to record yesterday, and I messaged Sierra, and I was like, I was like, I'm driving home right now. I'm going to need like 30 more minutes after I get home to finish my notes. And I was like, finished up, sent her the link. She did not respond. (laughs) This girl was out for the count. Oh, I was, yeah, I was gone. And then like three hours later, I was like, I fell asleep. I thought I had, I figured it out. Like I had texted you and I was like, I think you fell asleep (laughs) on the off chance you didn't and want to record, send me a message and I'll come back and record. But I started making dinner instead. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. It's funny. There was actually, I often take ill-timed naps. It is mm-hmm. a character flaw. Um, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> One time in college, though, everyone, like our sort of friend group was going to dinner and they were like, are you coming? And I was like, yep, I'm coming. And then I fell asleep. I mean, I like was in my bed. I was like, yep, I'm coming and fell asleep. And so kind of same thing two hours later, they're like, so you're not coming. And I was like, no. No. And so then I had to like send a picture that I was like actually on my way. Whenever I said I'm coming I'm or I'm like on my way. That's so bad. I do not take inopportune naps because I am very bad at napping. I am too good at napping. So you got all the nap genes. And I really did. I like can't nap. It's like, I don't know. I can't do it. Honestly, if I just sit still for long enough, I'll fall asleep. Damn. <laughs> that is not relatable. If only, if only we could share our napping abilities or I could like give you some of it. Yeah, honestly, I was like, I can get like five hours of sleep the night before and have a perfectly cozy bed and no distractions. And I'll still like be up for like an hour or two. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, how are you? I'm good. I'm, it's, it's been a weird week as I was saying to you, but there Uh was just a lot of crazy things yeah yeah I feel like a good example of how my week was um as you plan to record and your sister fell asleep yeah no like that (laughs) was pretty on par with the rest of the week um but I (laughs) someone gave me some stuff that I need to bring to the machine shop on main campus Uh and then I just forgot to bring it the next day which the reason they gave it to me was because I was going to be on main campus the next day. So then I forgot it. And they messaged me when I was no longer on main campus the day, like I should just use the days instead of being like the day after the day after they gave me material on Tuesday. I was going to be on main campus on Wednesday. I forgot to bring the material to the machine shop on Wednesday. So then on Thursday, when I was no longer on main campus, they messaged me and they said, hey, did you drop that off? And I said, fuck no. I'm so <laughs> sorry. And so then I drove all the way to main campus, paid $3 for parking. Terrible. And I know that's not that much, but it's still annoying. And I'm going no. to be annoyed by that. And then walked to the machine shop, gave them the part. 
or the, the material. And I said, Hey, do you have my part machined while I'm here? Mm-hmm. And this man goes, well, he goes, what was it again? And I was like, <laughs> Jesus. I was like, well, it's like a flange for a vacuum system. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, yeah. Um, They were still drilling like this one part, but let me go. Let me call and ask if they finished. He's like calling. He puts it on speaker for some fucking reason. And the guy on the other line's like, how, how old is up. this man? He's an old man. Okay, so yeah, that explains it. You're breaking up. I really can't hear you, the guy on the other end. And then he goes, uh-huh. sorry, the service is really bad down here. Let me go walk down the hall and just chat with him. Why didn't you start there? Why didn't you start there? You work in a basement. Of course, the service isn't going to be great. Just walk down the fucking hallway. I didn't realize he was just down the hallway. I could have done that for you. He comes back. And he's like, he gives me the two pieces. And I like had my hand out. And he was like, oh, be careful. You probably shouldn't let them touch because you don't want to scratch them. They're for a vacuum application. Thank you. I was the one who actually told you that. Um, <laughs> I don't look at them. I'm just like, I well, par- parking's timed. I'm on. I'm on a mission. I'm running. Yeah, it's time I'm to go. My car. I wrap them in a tissue mm-hmm. so they're protected. I get back to lab. I don't look at them that hard today. I'm like, okay. I finally have this piece that took over three weeks for them to design or to for them to machine for no reason. It is not a hard thing to machine. Mm -hmm. except the polish but still it was not it was stupid and Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'm finally gonna set up this thing that i've been waiting set up for forever i go Mm -hmm. up there and i'm like holy shit this is scratched to all hell this is literally not gonna pull vacuum at all like this is not gonna work and then to make matters worse they fucked it up it wasn't (laughs) the right size at all like they they just so not even could you like try no, it, it literally doesn't fit. Oh, my God. And <laughs> we figured out, I, like, looked back at the design, and basically, on one side, there was a circle that was 0.96 inches in diameter. On the mm-hmm. other side, there was a circle that was 1.034 inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. These are very important. They have yeah, very, to very precise. They made the circle that was supposed to be 1.34 inches 0.96 and just scaled everything from that so not a single measurement was correct and i don't good. know how they fucked that up so bad good good like, yeah so i think that's that describes my week so Love now it. i have to go back and be like hey this is so wrong this is garbage and they're definitely gonna like say it's my fault, even though. Of course, not. of course. Why would it be their fault, though? Yeah, it's not because mm-hmm. I'm a silly little woman. Yeah. So. Um, and no wonder it doesn't work because it's all scratched up, and they warned you because you know it's supposed to be for a vacuum. <laughs> when you said that to me. I was like telling that story to my lab mates and I like showed them how like absolutely scratched this shit was. Scratched to hell it was. And he was like, and they were like, you can't even like do that by just carrying them together. Like you would literally have to like sit with it on the table and like run it back and forth a ton. 
like I, you don't even know see it was so scratched was- he, he like dropped it he was like walking back and like dropped it and then like someone stepped on it and he was like oh shit I wonder if they just like literally didn't get to the polish I don't even know it was it looked so bad <laughs> I, I, oh, I, okay, boy. now I know I need to look at the fucking thing before I just accept it, but. That sounds like so much fun. It was. Um, it took them so many weeks just to fuck it up. <laughs> and I love that for them. I think the best part about this machine shop too is their hours are 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. What? <laughs> what? What do they do? Get there, 6 a.m., 6 to 8, read diagrams wrong, 8 to 10. <laughs> diagrams wrong. 8 to 10, vibe, 10 to 12, machine, 12 to 1, no, 12 to 2, lunch. Lunch, yeah. 2 to two 3. To four. Oh, 2 to 3. Vibe. <laughs> I did not hear a single machine running. And they were like, we're so busy. Okay. Prove it. Prove, like, literally prove it. No balls? You won't? <laughs> and they apparently take a break at 3.15. Why? You get off at 4. You get off at 4. Oh, my God. It's just so bizarre. Haley, they're working really hard, and you really should be more respectful. I, You're so right. And... Maybe you should have made the instructions more clear. I only gave them a fully documented SolidWorks drawing. And that wasn't enough. And that was on me. No. Yeah, that was... You You are so silly. But yeah, that was just one instance. And I feel like that really describes like every single thing I tried to do this week. Oh, I'm so sorry. So as I said, it wasn't like any big crazy thing but it was just like literally like a series of unfortunate events it was just like am i am i in a comedy right now like where yeah. are the cameras you ever just feel like you're god's most tragic clown yeah fighting whatever. His, his silliest battles like i don't know what i did in my past lives <laughs> but something really fucked up okay because i have such bad luck sometimes <laughs> oh i feel that well, uh-huh. would you like to tell me a story? I was like, do you want to hear a story? I do want to hear a story. So this one is a longer one. And it's also, it's maybe not the most nature-y, but I thought it was really interesting and I was too far in. at the <laughs> Okay. Sorry. I was trying to remember. I looked at the pronunciation yesterday and I was trying to remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's, you don't need to apologize. That's, that's all, that's all on me. I'll but take the blame for that one. Yes, this is a story about Asia Degree. And I had never heard this story before, but I really think it's on par with some of like the really big disappearance disappearances you hear from kids. Like, um, it's maybe not John Benet Ramsey level, but like, what's some disappearances? I can't think right now. Oh my God. Madeline McCann? Yes, very similar. Like, I feel okay. like on a very similar degree of like crazy, you know? Okay. Um, thank you. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's maybe a good thing that you don't just like have a list of disappearing, like disappeared children. So true. You've got a good point. Thank you. On your top of your head. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, Aisha Degree was uh-huh. the daughter of Harold and Aquila Degree. Um, they were married on Valentine's Day in 1988, Aww. and a year later had son O'Brien, and a year after that had their daughter Aisha. Okay. So, the family lived in a two-bedroom duplex in Shelby, North Carolina. North Carolina. I know. Which is located um, on the outskirts of the Charlotte metro area. Okay. And so at the time of this disappearance, which was 2000, this was like, it was like the very edge of what you would consider like a suburb of Charlotte, but a lot of it was more rural farmland. Gotcha. Okay. Just to kind of set the stage. They were very involved with their church. They went every Sunday Asia went to Sunday school like every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. She was a fourth grader at the time and was said to, by many people, to be very ambitious, a competitive child. She was really good at almost everything she did. She had recently joined a basketball team and quickly became the team's star point guard. Um, so just Aww. kind of all around a very successful child mm-hmm. and a very close family from all accounts. So. Although yeah, parents, living the American dream. like Yeah, really the American dream. Um, going to church, parents, playing sports. Yeah, exactly. Happy family. Yeah. Kind of living in the suburb, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share my screen because that's a picture of their house. So they lived in a duplex. Mm-hmm. Um, and although both parents worked, so mm-hmm. there were some days where, you know, the kids would get home and kind of walk home themselves, you know, but they had... Yeah. They had family that lived right across the street. So they had uh, his his mom, so their grandmother, lived like literally right across the street. And apparently an aunt also did. And they had oh, several okay. other family members like in the area. But mm-hmm. especially there was there was family especially close that a lot of times when the parents were working, they would go and get, you know, watched by their grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so this was, yeah, and this is a two bedroom duplex so the kids both shared a room and then the parents had a room. But yeah, just kind of to set the scene. So I'm going to give you kind of a lot of history. Like okay. we're going to start a few days before this experience, but that's because um, there's some important evidence. I, so I assume so. No, I'm just telling you about like their day. No. <laughs> so Friday, February 11th, 2000, okay. Aisha and O'Brien did not have school that day. So they spent the day with their grandmother, who I said often watched them. Mm-hmm. Um, once Aquila got home from work, she took both Aisha and O'Brien to basketball practice where the coach reported that Aisha had a normal practice and quote, Aisha was her usual fun filled self end quote. So very normal day. Okay. And then we go to Saturday, February 12, 2000, Aisha and O'Brien both had basketball games. Uh, some reports vary on this, but some say this was Aisha's first basketball game. So she was very excited to actually, you know, compete. Uh, unfortunately, in the fourth quarter of the game, Aisha fouled out in the last three minutes. Mm. And her team went on to lose by one point. Oh, I know. So her mom reported that Aisha took this quite hard and Aww. blamed herself and was upset for most of the day. But her mother said by the evening, um, she perked back up. She watched O'Brien's game afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a pretty normal reaction for yeah. a nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, 
like be then, upset but then yeah honestly get back like pretty quickly yeah and the coach said a lot of the girls were crying too yeah oh it, yeah one point it's like peewee basketball you know oh um, yeah yeah but that as i said she seemed to perk back up that night she goes to a sleepover at her cousin's house they apparently were up watching movies, pretending they were dancers, you know, having Aww. fun. All is normal. So Sunday morning at approximately 11 a.m., the family attends church at Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church like they do every Sunday morning. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, not unusual. Um, it seems like a lot of their extended family goes there, too. So I wonder, you know, if they had a sleepover and just took her to church. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, um, the family goes to an aunt place, aunt's place for lunch. All is normal as well. And then at they go home afterwards. And at about 6.30, Aisha takes a nap um, in the room she shares with her brother because she stayed up a little late the night before at her sleepover. So <laughs> she was nap. just having too wild of a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Um, at 8.30, she wakes up due to a loud thunderstorm um, uh-huh. and goes to the den and watches TV with the rest of her family. Um, Aisha was known to be pretty scared of storms. So it makes sense that she woke up and went to spend time with her family. 30 minutes after she woke up, um, the power goes out because apparently a car hit a power pole, which I think is like funny because it was like a storm and I thought it was that, but it doesn't really matter. The power goes out. Okay. So at 1230, Harold Harold returns from work. Uh-huh. And sources vary if at this point he told her to go to bed um, or checked on her. Regardless, at about this time, both kids are in their room in their beds asleep. Okay. Shortly after um, Harold arrives home, the power is restored to the area. And Harold stays up for a little bit longer. Um just to make sure nothing else is happening with the storm. It was apparently a pretty bad storm, the power, mm-hmm. you know. But he goes to bed around 2.30 a.m. and checks on the kids one last time to find them both sleeping in their beds. Around the same time, O'Brien says he remembers Aisha getting up and going to the bathroom and returning to her bed. Um, She had a teddy bear with her and was wearing a white nightgown, so, like, Aww. clearly sleeping. Mm-hmm. Shortly after her trip to the bathroom, her brother reports hearing her bed squeaking, um, but just assumes Aisha is tossing in her sleep. Yeah. So then um, Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, the parents' anniversary. Parents' anniversary. Um, at 5.45 a.m., Aquila wakes up. The kid's alarm goes off at 6.30 a.m. Uh-huh. And Aquila goes and starts the water in the bathroom for the kids to take a bath. And then afterwards opens the door to their room where she does not see Aisha in her bed. Aquila then asks O'Brien, her brother, where Aisha is. And he says he doesn't know. She checks the room, doesn't see her anywhere, and then goes and checks all over the house, you know, in closets, stuff like that. It's not a huge house, though. It's just a two bedroom. Um, Mm -hmm. So she can check it pretty quickly and does not find her. She then throws on some clothes. And wakes up Harold telling him that she can't find Aisha. Harold suggests maybe she went to her grandmother's house. because She often went there. But after a quick call, they confirm she wasn't there. At this point, Aquila calls her mom, who tells her to call the police. And then throws the phone at Harold, who calls the police. 
6.39 a.m. Oh, sorry, what was what was that time? 6.39 a.m. Okay. And that we know for sure. The other ones mm -hmm. have been kind of estimates, but 6.39, we know that's when the call went out. Yeah, yeah. Aquila runs outside, waking up, or walking, sorry, not waking up, walking up and down the street, calling out for Aisha, no response. Mm -hmm. So then at approximately 6.45, the first police arrive, and the degrees tell the officer what happened, and one of the very rare cases where I literally think the police did, like, nothing wrong, called in people so quickly and had a phenomenal response, which mm -hmm. almost makes it weirder. So shortly after 6.45, the sheriff arrives, and more officers arrive, and they immediately call in canine units. Mm -hmm. good right i know yeah um, and then this is a quote from aquila by seven o'clock we had every cop in the county here every news reporter had shown up five or six local news stations were here local newspapers by the uh by the time seven o'clock came i was plastered all over the television end quote so i mean huge response by mm -hmm. 7 a.m yeah it's it's the response you would want yes, if it was from, like, your kid or your loved one yeah, exactly. By 8 a.m., volunteers from fire departments and rescue stations from around the area begin searching the area by foot. 30 minutes later, several police from around the county, you know, not even people who technically have jurisdiction in um, Shelby, come to mm -hmm. help. And mm -hmm. canine teams from several of these also arrive to help. The police report that there is no sign of a possible break-in. Um, so that's ruled out pretty quickly. And by noon, a helicopter has arrived to search the area. At this point, during a truck driver, Jeff Roop's lunch, he hears on the news about a missing girl and calls the police, which he then reports that at 3.45 a.m., he was driving north on NC Highway 18, where mm -hmm. he remembers seeing a young girl with a book bag walking south. She was wearing a little dress, white tennis shoes, and her hair was in pigtails. He what states the that he, I know. He states then he turns his truck around and drives back towards her. Quote, I went back, but she never did look up at me. She looked like she knew where she was going. She was walking at a pretty good pace, end quote. He then turns his truck around again and passes her for a third time where he reports seeing her walking off the highway into the woods. I mean, like, go after her. I know. <laughs> I was like, called out to her. Yeah. It was still, like, storming a bit at this point. I would have called the police at least. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, hey, kid, maybe just stay here and let me get the police or, like, yeah. your parents or someone on the phone. So, like, where one, are you going? Literally, if there's one moral to this story, if you see a young child walking at 3.45 a.m. on a dark road in a storm, call the fucking police. Yeah. <laughs> like, or at least, like, help them. Um, yeah. Ugh. So... God. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I get it. it's a very jarring experience. But at least call But someone. it's still, it's, yeah. So, then at 2 like, p.m. let someone know. So. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no, 100%. Sorry, didn't mean to. Yeah. Like, let no. someone know. Someone. Very bizarre to me. Very bizarre. Not going to lie. A little suspicious. Yeah. Don't love it. So, at 2 p.m., the State Bureau of Investigation arrive and tape off the porch to the Degrees house. Interviews begin along stores on Highway 18 to see if anyone, you know, saw her walking in or whatever, and mm -hmm. with friends and staff at Asia's school. At 9 p.m., the sheriff reports two sightings by truck drivers that match Asia, 
One being the room sightings. I Sierra. For once, the police get it right, but everyone else gets it wrong. Like what the hell? Oh um, my god! I like. I have no idea who these people are or like what their story is, but oh my god, I want to smack them. I know. So one of the reports was Jeff Roop. Let's get into the second report. At 4.15 a.m., Roy Blanton Sr. and his son Roy Jr. were heading north on NC Highway 18 when they saw someone walking south on the road. Worried that the person might get hit, they radioed to other truckers in the area that there is a person by the road. Not the police, though, because why? And here's the quote from Roy Blanton Sr. Quote, it was a small figure wearing light-colored clothing. I thought it was a woman. I couldn't tell if it was a child. I thought that maybe it was a domestic violence thing or a woman left the house and was out walking. End quote. I've never been so irritated by a sentence in my entire life. Like, if it, I thought it was maybe a domestic violence thing. Okay, call the police still. Ask if yeah. it's a Even if it's a woman. Like, even if it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's a woman. <laughs> I'm saying even if it's adults is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you weren't sure, if you thought it was like, that's still, I don't know. Yeah, if you're thinking, like, something's wrong about this and I feel like I kind of need to alert other people. Then maybe alert authorities, like yeah, or talk to them. Ask if they're okay. Yeah, like you don't even you don't even need to get out of your car because, like, I understand like kind of safety concerns and stuff like that. Not necessarily with a child, but like roll down the window. Be like, hey, you okay? You literally have two people. Like, there's two people. Oh my, I'm sorry. I so wait. So this is on Highway 18. Yes. And were th- did they both say that the she was heading south? Yes. Okay. Did it say how far from Shelby it was? No. Okay. So that's basically the information we have from them. Due to the storms, uh, the dogs struggled to pick up a scent, obviously. Of course, um, yeah. And just to like, I, you know, I don't know if this happened Monday, but... The parents were very quickly ruled out as suspects. Um, both were very cooperative with investigators mm-hmm. and both passed a polygraph. So just to, not that I think at this point we have any suspicion of the parents, but of course they're always looked into. Yeah. So yeah. they are not involved. So now let's move on to Tuesday, February 15th, 2000. Um, at this point, FBI has joined the search. Mm-hmm. They have focused on the wooded area where near Highway 18, where Aisha was last seen. I was going to say they should focus on those damn truckers. Anyway. I know. I know. Wall it just, it just feels a little suspicious. I I just, like, can't, I can't believe it happened twice. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, like, yeah, sure. Okay, maybe one person does it, and I'm still, like, mad at them. But you're telling me two people just, like, didn't pull in? Who? Especially, yeah. Because, like, Roy Blanton Sr. and his son were in that truck. Yeah. Especially when one of them knew it was a child. Literally. Literally. What? I don't know. And it was a, there was a storm out. I don't know. I have very strong emotions about this. I think it's so stupid. I have very, Um, yeah, I have very strong feelings. And they're not good ones. They're not positive. So basically at this point, they have people like on horseback, people walking, like tons of people are searching. Like it's an incredible search effort. Um, While searching the area where like she was last reported to be seen, 
they search or stumble upon a farm and ask the owner, Raleigh Turner, to check their barn and other buildings, like buildings they didn't yeah. usually go into. When she enters her old barn that usually has old furniture, um, a tractor, and other miscellaneous like storage, she finds a yellow hair bow, white Atlanta Olympics pencils, green markers, uh, candy wrappers, and a wallet-sized photo of a young girl. Is, the, is the girl... We'll get there. Okay. At 4 p.m., um, a spotter plane with infrared and heat sensing equipment circled the area but found nothing. I'm going to show you where they found a picture. So this is this is the area. It, you can see the barns like really storage. Like it's yeah, it's got a lot of crap, and that's approximately where they found this stuff. Oh, okay. So Wednesday, uh, February 15th. No, 16th. 16, sorry. The photo of the young girl is handed over to the degrees and the family says they do not recognize her. So the Turners assume the rest of the items are unrelated and keep them in a pile on their porch. Check it though. I what check it? That Sierra, you know what I said it earlier. I said the police somehow did everything right and everyone else did everything wrong. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. The people who's like barn it was they went to the family of they went to the decrees degrees i think that they a, turned over the photo to the i'm not exactly sure how it went down i think they turned the photo over to the police but for some reason not the rest of the items or like they gave the photo to the searchers that were volunteers walking by and then like eventually it got back regardless like i don't know why i'd be like turning everything huh all this stuff is together and a little suspicious and not something I put here. Yeah. Yeah. So I know. See her. Okay. So Wednesday, February 16th, continuing on with that day, uh, flyers are passed out and Asia is put on a national bulletin. Uh, uh-huh. The searchers have covered 25 square miles of land at this point. The air search is called off, but investigators even buy Asia's exact sneaker brand and size as footprint reference and give out the shoe impression on copy paper. Uh, on papers to like searchers so like honestly excellent job by the investigators i i really usually they're so bad and i think they actually actually tried this time yeah so our good friend jeff is brought back in to point out where he saw asia and Mm -hmm. indicated an area owned by the turners the place where the items were found in the barn. At this point, he's also given a polygraph and ruled out as a suspect. The the truck driver, not the Turners. Or no, not the truck driver. Yeah, okay. not the Turners. Uh, this same day, Aquila realizes that Aisha's favorite pair of jeans were missing, along with another one of her shirts. This led investigators to believe that Aisha ran away from home. And that's a wrap on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. Thursday, February 17th, a member of the search party finds candy wrappers near the Turners outbuilding. Um, when the searcher asks about it, the Turners show them the other items that they found and turn those items into police. Oh, my God. Aisha's parents recognize the other items as belonging to her. Of course they do. Yep. I know. I know. So now the ground search has been refocused in this area. But at this point, like the air search has been called. I don't know. It's just so frustrating. On February 22nd, the ground search was called off. None of the 300 leads that police had followed had returned anything, but investigators kept the case open with the running theory that Isha ran away, 
and either got lost or abducted afterwards. Although the official search was called off, of course, volunteers and members of the community continued to search, but they were kind of at a dead end. They had Mm -hmm. searched, you know, 25 square miles. They had brought in canine teams. They had brought in air search. They, you know, had done all this and it it was just Mm -hmm. kind of at the point where they had to call the search. So it's not over yet, though. Oh, boy. Okay. So during the first initial year after her disappearance, Aquila and Harold spent the next months appearing on local and national television shows, such as the Montel Williams show and Oprah, to Mm -hmm. spread awareness about their daughter. And I would like to say that other people did things wrong, but I the parents like did a wonderful job as well. Um, Mm -hmm. They really kept her memory going and her name going and really publicize the case. And I think that's really challenging, but I commend them for that as well. So yeah, when I'm saying yeah. that the police did everything right and no one else did, they're included. They they did a wonderful job as well. Um, yeah, the I parents really were. Worked hard to get, you know, their daughter home. Mm-hmm. So a year later, almost more like a year and a half later, on August 2nd, 2001, a contractor, Terry Fleming, working in Burke County, about 26 miles from where Aisha had last been seen, dug up a like a black garbage bag. Although it was normal for Terry to go in and clean up areas, um, so like a garbage bag is not that weird, he said something really drew him to it. Mm-hmm. After getting it out of the hole he was excavating, he opened it up and found a black and beige backpack inside. Mm. Although he did not describe everything he found, um, in, a, in an interview, he said, quote, it was strange enough that I didn't feel comfortable with it, end quote. He then tried to call someone about the bag, but he was under some like power lines, so the call didn't go through for some reason. But mm-hmm. he copied down the writing he saw in the bag and took that note home with him. And he left the contents of the book bag undisturbed. Also, Terry, he's in the clear. He's also a good boy. Like, <laughs> it was the initial people. <laughs> Like, yeah. good on him to leave it undisturbed. Good on him to, like, try to call. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a really, like, I, I would have a tough time, like, figuring out what the best thing to do in that situation is. Because I'd be like, do I take it with me? Yeah, exactly. So, no hate. <laughs> Sorry, I just went to Pet Bear, and then she looked at me and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the next morning, on August 3rd, Terry told his wife he was going to call the number he copied down from the book bag um, and kind of, you know, explained what he had found. And when she recognized the name Aisha as the missing girl, he she was like, um, call the police immediately. So at 10 a.m., he calls the Burke County Law Enforcement to report the bag. The uh-huh. site has been secured by police and evidence was sent to the FBI Forensic Lab in Quantico. Um, but evidence has not been released from that you know Uh investigation so then on monday august 13th police confirm the backpack found belongs to asia degree but the plastic Uh bag containing the backpack was not hers the sheriff at the time says that new evidence has led him to believe asia was abducted while leaving home and inside the bag so this was not released till 2018 but whatever Inside the bag, there was a concert t-shirt featuring boy band New Kids on the Block and a children's book, Mick Elegant's Pool by Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. which was stamped from her school library, 
Mm-hmm. But the parents don't remember her having either item, which I don't. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, maybe they wouldn't have remembered the children's book. But yeah, the t-shirt, the t-shirt. Yeah, and also, I mean, that in combination with the fact that there was like the picture of this other random girl, girl. Yeah, yeah. Don't like unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, uh, 14 years later, on Monday, February 9th, 2015, the FBI announces that they are re-examining this case and offer up a $25,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest. A year after that, on Wednesday, May 15th, 2016, results of the re-examination come out and state that they received new reports of Asia getting into a 1970s leak and mark four or ford thunderbird that was dark green with rust around the wheels wells on uh nc highway 18 so i'm going to show you a picture of what those two cars look like and also um a age regret or age progressed photo of asia so that was okay. her at age nine this is progressed to 24 um, mm-hmm. This was the $25,000 FBI reward. This is what a 1973 Lincoln Mark IV looks like. And this is what a 1973 Ford Thunderbird looks like. Very distinct, frankly. So, yes, <laughs> that's kind of where we are with that one. In 2018, police release a video on Facebook uh, releasing the information about the findings on of the backpack. So, quote, our investigative team have discovered two items of interest that could possibly provide new leads about Asia's disappearance. The first one is a library book. Uh, if you or someone you know had this Dr. Seuss library book around this around the time of Aisha's disappearance and lost track of it, call us. Library records do not go back to the year 2000. Um, this And then this is continuing the quote. The second item of interest is a t-shirt like the one in image below. I'll show you the image. Um, it is a concert t-shirt from the New Kids on the Block band. They are a boy band that first became popular in the early 1980s. They are still performing today. If you had a t-shirt like this one or know someone who did at any point in time, please call us um, and I'll share. This is not the exact ones, but these, this is what it looks like. And that's it on what we know, which is just... It breaks my heart. There's no new yeah. leads since 2018. I mean, it wasn't really a lead. They were releasing information that they found. Yeah, they were, like, hoping for a lead. So that gets into the theories. The big one is that Aisha ran away. But one, most kids come home when they're nine and they run away for, like, an hour. Yeah. She's not, like, a typical runaway. You know, she was pretty successful um, on all accounts, invested in her community, invested in her family. There didn't seem to be any, like, issues at home. Yeah. Also, she was scared of storms and left during a storm. In the middle of a storm. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense. Uh, the, you know, the things that, the things that helped this theory is there was no obvious break-in. There was, she was seen alone. Like, she was not spotted with other people. She did bring some stuff. We know that her favorite pair of pants was missing. And it also does seem like a weird crime of coincidences if someone did abduct her. Mm-hmm. Someone just found her walking on the street in a storm later than 4.15 a.m. and was like, all right, time for, you know, it's just like usually those are a little more planned. Yeah. Well, it Uh, makes me wonder if it was like someone she trusted or something like, like her friend was like, oh, come on out. Or like her friend's 
parent or like older sibling or something like that. Yeah. Was so like, was, oh, you should sneak out. That's the one other big theory is that she was groomed, but we don't yeah. have like a suspect. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all we have at this point, which I think, especially considering like the response of the police, and it's just, it's just kind of crazy. I will say, like, in the aftermath, her parents established a scholarship in her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hold an annual walk to raise awareness and money to fund the search still. Their home is apparently littered with pictures of her and her age progressed pictures, which I think is just so heartbreaking. Uh, that's so sad that instead of like being able to see her grow up, they have to have like these predicted images of what she would look like. And this is a quote from her mom. We're hoping and we're praying that she's had a halfway decent life, even though we didn't get to raise her. She was nine year old, nine years old and she'll be 30 this year. So we've missed everything. But I don't care. If she walked in the door right now, I wouldn't care what I missed. All I want to do is see her. It's just like heartbreaking too. I mean, and that was in 2021. And I mean, I think it really gets to the point of, you know, with they having the age for regress pictures, it's it, they really do just want her home. It's mm-hmm. um, so I think very heartbreaking, you know, for the parents. And it's just a crazy when did she leave? I mean, there was four hours. Yeah. Where someone, like, didn't have direct eyes on her. And then, like, just why was she walking on the highway? Even if someone did say, like, oh, like, sneak out. Like, why was she walking on the highway? I know. Why would she have gone that far? It's, yeah, it's just weird. I I just, I couldn't imagine her doing that without someone telling her to. And for a good reason, too, since she was scared of storms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one thing that I do want to address that some articles addressed, um, but not all, uh-huh. was that there have been criticisms on the public, like the public, the public nature of the case, where um, a lot of a lot of other missing persons cases that are, in my opinion, very similarly like mysterious as this one, are much more at the forefront, and some people do criticize that in that there's probably a racial bias. Yeah, in why they have not you know, we don't hear about this story or see pictures of Asia, but yet we do see pictures of John Benet Ramsey, you know, and I know John uh-huh. Benet Ramsey found her body, but it's not to say any of them are more or less important. Exactly. And the fact that but I mean, it's I weird that some of them, them. No, I hadn't. Yeah. It's, I think that that does speak to something. Despite the FBI's renewed efforts into it, despite the parents going on national television, you know, there's all these things that you would think would get a ton of publicity. I feel like there's a decent amount of evidence, too. Yeah, yeah. It's Um, just connecting it all. And so there was this one quote, and I did not put the source, which was really good on me, but thanks. what does the average missing persons victim look like? Judging from national media reports, young, white, and female. Shift your focus from news coverage to data, however, and a very different picture emerges. According mm-hmm. to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, of the estimated 613,000 people reported missing in the U.S. last year, about 60% were people of color. 
Although yeah. black women make up less than 7% of the U.S. population, they represent about 10% of all missing persons case throughout the country. Estimates by the Black and Missing Foundation put the total number of disappeared black women and girls at 64,000. Wow. And I think that's, you know, I think that is very important to bring up in a case like this. You're right. When you would judge by the national media reports, you would think young white female. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not true and not fair to the victims. Yeah. So I guess the last point I have on that um, is this is still an open case. So if you have any tips in Asia's disappearance, please contact the Shelby Police Department or the Cleveland County Sheriff's Department. Their numbers are 704-484-6845 or 704-484-4888. Um, yeah, any tips, this is still, you know, an active case. An open that's case. Why, yeah, that's why the FBI did not actually report the forensics from the bag, because mm-hmm. this is still an active case. And, you know, I, I really, for the family, wish they had something. Yeah, me too. And because this is really an i i agree a very underreported case that's why i decided to keep going with it even though it was a little out of our normal cases but i really think this this case specifically deserves to have a little bit more acknowledgement mm-hmm. uh, and that is it is very disappointing that it hasn't in the past yeah. but yeah no that's, well thank you thank you for talking about it yeah, that's the and providing all this information. The very crazy and upsetting case of uh, the disappearance of Asia Degree. Yeah. yeah, I really hope Sorry. that bit of a bummer. <laughs> Sorry, bit of a bummer. Oh <laughs> no, I really hope they can find find something. Yeah, and I just and there just was so many people that I think could have. Yeah. You know, I don't mean to criticize because I know it's hard to say what you would do in those circumstances until you're in those circumstances. But I guess this is me God, saying it's so easy to criticize you when you're not a kid walking down the street <laughs> in the middle of the night. Stop and help them. Yeah. Or at least, like, I understand if you want to keep yourself safe. Um, and if that's the case, then like call someone, tell someone. Yeah. 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 And if you find something weird in your barn, give every piece to oh the Oh, my food. God. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a very upsetting case. Um, and there is a video that was released by the FBI that, you know, if you guys want to see more what they're asking for, um, I recommend looking at that. I can that. post it. Yeah, it was a somewhat recent videos, though. Okay. And I, the one thing that, that does give me hope is that, you know, this federal <laughs> investigative organization still still trying it's still open yeah yeah um but yeah thank you for listening we have a twitter where sierra will post a bunch of things <laughs> and the pictures at mystery mtn pod, MTN pod. we also um, have an email we know that's at mystery mountain at gmail Wait, Wait, no, it's no. Mystery Mountain Podcast, all spelled out at gmail.com. <sighs> so queen. Thanks. Please rate and subscribe. Yes. And thank you for listening.
thank you for listening. And yeah, get the word out about this case. Yeah, get the word out about this case. It needs to it needs to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see you next time on Mystery Mountain. Goodbye.